Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. We are living very special times, uh, pandemic crisis uh, worldwide, but it's also an opportunity. And there are some industries that are doing pretty well and are scaling like um, never before. And there are, of course, a lot of industries, especially airlines, uh, travel, hospitality, which are suffering. But it's, this is also an opportunity to, to prepare the post-war strategy to get stronger uh, after the crisis. Um, and today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, his name is Mark Ferre uh, Hausman, uh, the MD Buyer Service Center in Barcelona. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you and welcome to everyone. So it's, it's really a pleasure to, to have you. And uh, we, as you know, we, we discuss how to scale companies in different stages uh, of growth. Um, Bayer is definitely uh, on, on his way to how, how to go to one trillion. There is no company in the world to give some context to our, the audience that has revenues of one three dollars uh, at the moment. The largest company in the world is uh, still Walmart with half a trillion at 540B uh, plus at this stage. Where, where is buyer in, in, in the picture in terms of, um, of, of size and, uh, and growth rate? Good. Um, so as you mentioned before, buyer is currently well, is operating in, 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 in two sectors, the health and the nutrition. So mm -hmm. with uh, science for a better life, what we will aim is to provide health for all and, and, and hunger for none. This is a little bit our, our mission. And in terms of sizing, we are talking about 43.5 billion euro sales. Um, this is the sales number of 2019. The, the Q1 will be released next Monday. Um, and uh, yeah, let's see how the, the figures will evolve. And in terms of employees, we are about 100,000 employees around the globe. That's awesome. That's that's really uh, scale. And now the, the next uh, challenge, as I always say, is how to go uh, from the 43.5 to to 100 billion uh, and get on uh, on a on a group of uh, only I believe 20 companies or 25 worldwide. So sometimes I think that we have no idea about how difficult it is to get. Uh, to even to 1B. So if we think about global Forbes uh, 2000, uh, the, largest, the, the last position might be around 2B. So which means that there are only 2000 companies worldwide who are able to grow beyond uh, 2B in, in revenue. So getting to 43.5B makes definitely Bayer uh, one of uh, the amazing companies and, and the giants in the industry. But let's get to know a little bit more about Mark, uh, so how did you end joining uh, Bayer and how was your career until now? Yeah, um, so I started at Bayer um, about 17 years ago. So previously I was working in, 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 in other companies and uh, since then um, I've occupied different uh, positions here in Barcelona, also abroad. So I am originally uh, also from Spain. And um, my last position was in, in Germany, where I was leading an uh, integration project, um, uh, an M&A project for, for procurement. And since September this year, uh, sorry, September last year, 2019, 
uh, we came back from Germany to, to, to Spain. And I have the pleasure to be the managing director of our delivery center here in Barcelona. That's great. Perfect. And uh, so let's, let's go to the typical three ingredients that we always discuss that are super, super critical to scale a company successful, successfully. So number one, radical focus. Number two, world-class leadership or team. And number three, uh, culture of uh, execution. So starting with number one, radical uh, focus. Radical focus is even more important during wartime or crisis time for the ones who don't like the analogy uh, with, uh, with war. Um, but uh, how do you quickly redefine your priorities when the scenarios are so different from each other? So there are scenarios that says that we will get back to the new normal in September, other scenarios in January, other scenarios in the end of uh, next year, 2021. So how do you redefine all priorities without having clarity about what lies ahead? Yeah, um, so let me, let me elaborate on that a little bit. So first of all, I think that um, when you're defining priorities, regardless of the environment, these priorities must be very, very easy to understand. So it must be uh, short. I like it to, to put it in one word, if possible. Um, it must be easy to understand for everyone. Um, it's in, you need to continuously use these priorities in your daily life, in your daily professional life, and it must be remembered. Otherwise, defining priorities are useless. Second element, these priorities mm -hmm. must be in line with, with your company purpose with your vision. Um, otherwise, I think that um, you are not predictable and um, reliable for, for the teams. And you might cause a disconnect between the teams and the leadership team. Um, to give you an example, uh, and coming back also to your second question, what are the priorities that we have defined right now in the current environment that we have? The first and most important one is the safety the safety of our employees. So mm -hmm. if we are working in a, in a sector, in the health sector, no, and it's obvious that one very important priority must be the safety of our employees, of the families of our employees, and finally of the society. If we would put another priority rather than safety, this would not be in line with our, with our vision. And it would have caused a disconnect um, between what we want to be and what we are right now. Therefore, um, right now, the first priority is safety. The second one, and uh, in the current times uh, that we are living, is, is, is delivering the medicine to our patients. So um, if we want to uh, deliver a health for all, we need to make sure that the medicines are being produced and are being delivered despite the, the current uh, COVID crisis. And this means for us, so companies or, or, or department like the one that I'm operating, more corporate related, is to make sure that the daily operations are running. Mm -hmm. The third project priority that we have defined for the, current, uh, for the current environment is projects. So as any other companies, we have our projects in order to prepare ourselves for the future. And that is right now the priority number three. So we have defined them very, very clear safety, running business, projects. And as I mentioned before, 
short, understandable, and reliable. These are the priorities that we have defined uh, for the current environment. Elaborating also on that, um, you said, how do you prepare yourself for September? How do you prepare yourself for uh, 18 months? Okay. So the world is changing that fast and the COVID is a good example. No, uh, eight weeks ago, all of us um, were sitting in the office and, and uh, having completely different priorities. Uh, right now we are all sitting in, in home and working completely different. Um, so the world is changing that fast that we need to continuously review our priorities and readapt them. So I don't believe that we can define priorities for the next three years. Um, the priorities uh, needs to be continually revisited and uh, reassessed and uh, if necessary adjusted to the, to the environment. It's, this is a very good point, and I love the way you um, described that or that you explained that, which is uh, in a crisis, it's very easy to uh, forget the vision, to forget the North Star, because the context completely changed. And if we keep repeating what is the vision, we might be facing a storm, we might be facing a tsunami, but we keep loyal to our vision. Of course, we'll need to adapt. Uh, it, it is not the, the linear path that we have thought that would be ahead, and we might need to give a step back to give to uh, forward. Exactly. But having the vision in mind helps with more the long term, and then having the focus on the short term. What I need to do now to to go through this stage to to get ready to to get to the vision. And this is all about the number two ingredient, which is uh, world-class leadership and world-class leadership. It's all about providing that clarity of vision, that focus and building an amazing team, having the right people on the right seats to make that vision um, possible. Uh, and we know that there are uh, what we call wartime leaders and peacetime leaders. Very few leaders, and I would say the most senior leaders are leaders who are able to adapt their mindsets and their leadership styles to peacetime and to wartime. And this is a very difficult mindset shift for the majority uh, of the leaders out there, especially the, the youngest uh, on, on our teams. Um, how, how do you do this, this shift and how do you help the team to adapt to the new uh, context? Yeah, let me first elaborate a little bit the context so that you can better understand my, my, my answer. And so I'm responsible for the delivery center that we have in Barcelona. We are approximately 600 employees and delivering mainly um, corporate services to the buyer group. So um, order to cash, procurement, IT, accounting, controlling. So these corporate services we are delivering from the, for the buyer group. We are responsible for very operational tasks like um, yeah, receiving orders from our customers to other tasks that uh, generate more added value, like for example, project management or uh, COE type of work where we are designing and defining uh, the processes and technologies of tomorrow so that we generate the, the efficiencies that we need to generate on, on the corporate level or we are also responsible, for example, for, for demand forecasting, more IT-related uh, activities in the analytics. So the variety of activities that we have and the variety of functions that we cover um, give us um, 
um, or, or, or allows uh, or, or yeah makes us um, operating in in different worlds. So you mentioned before there's a wartime and there's a peacetime. Yeah, today um, it's obvious that we are in a wartime outside. So the, the outside in the society we have definitely in the economical environment a wartime. But there's um, also in big companies, for example, uh, there's always a, a wartime in, in a function because there's a restructuring program, because there's a growth program. So um, you are always hidden, hit by, 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 by uh, wartimes uh, in different intensity. Therefore, um, what I'm trying to do is not that much focusing on outside, so outside of my organization or the organization that I'm responsible for, but trying to focus a little bit more on inside. And here, a little bit what we are trying to do is to have a really diverse leadership team, mm -hmm. a leadership team that can adapt to a war, but at the same time can adapt very good to a peacetime. Uh, a leadership team that can adapt uh, very good to um, yeah, challenges that we might have in the innovative area because we need to develop new technologies, we need to develop uh, new ways of doing things um, or a leadership team that uh, can be confronted also to, to, to ask ourselves how we are going to look like in the future. Therefore, I'm a little bit more friend of having a more diverse leadership team. And as an example, um, what does it mean in terms of diversity? We are approximately 50-50 in terms of, of gender balance. We have 13, one, three nationalities in the, in the management team. And mm -hmm. we have um, um, also a variety in ages, which is really, really important. And to have also um, more senior people, but at the same time, also younger people that uh, come with a new perspective, come with a new ways of doing things. And right now the experience is, is pretty positive in terms of uh, yeah, tackling the problems from different angles, tackling the challenges that we have on different angles, to be resistant in this kind of VUCA environment in which we are living, um, thinking ahead, thinking in new developments, thinking on an innovative and disruptive way. So um, the experience right now, it's, it's, it's very, very positive of having this kind of diverse leadership team. This is a, a very good point. So you, you came back to the values and the culture and the DNA of, of the company independently of what kind of stage or season are we uh, living at the moment. And it's good to, to think that when we had a, a previous guest, um, at MD Iberia uh, at Fujifilm, Pedro Mesquita, for the ones who are listening, you can go to also to, to listen and tune in, in in that episode. But Fujifilm today has 15% of the um, of revenues focused on the photo imaging uh, business unit. That's where they add the 100%. So which means that in a certain moment of their life, they face it a wartime uh, that might not be related with the economic cycle where we were. So they were disrupted as a company and uh, as trends that were not related yet with if it were, we were in a in a bad economic cycle or in a in a good economic cycle. So the best way to be prepared is really to have 
all the resources and the complementarity and, and the different leadership styles in the team so we can be prepared to any uh, moment that we are uh, living. Definitely. Very good one. And going to number three, uh, which is this culture of uh, execution or uh, again, assuring that if we have clarity of vision, if we have the right people on the right seats, now it's a question of as leaders, assuring that execution and the learning process is as quick um, as possible. Uh, we are now living a new uh, reality. Uh, there are companies and cultures that are more prepared for the remote environment and working from home environment, other cultures that are less prepared. Um, how, how, are, how is Bayer adapting to this, this new way of, uh, of working and how is you and your team uh, dealing with that? Exactly. So, um, yeah, we're adapting pretty good to, to this new environment, especially because um, in the company that I'm responsible right now, we started uh, what we call the home office program already, I would say, eight to 10 years ago. So um, home office <laughs> is something that is on our DNA. What does that mean? So we had employees um, that were visiting the office between one and four days a week. So a large variety. So a lot of people were coming only one day. Others were coming two days to the office until four days. So they, they had, we had the possibility to, to, to work from home. And that gave us a, a really competitive advantage in terms of talent attraction and uh, talent development. Um, lucky, um, um, we also, before, even before the COVID times, um, what, what we identified already in the behavior of our employees and our teams, and that is something that will remain also in the near future and will be even more impactful after COVID, is um, uh, we, we observed um, that our teams are coming to the office, but not doing their normal job. So they were not sitting in desks and doing their operational job. For that, they remained at home. And when coming to the office, what they were typically doing is to meet with the superior, with the leader in order to discuss development, to meet with a team, so to have some team meetings, to meet with other functions, so to have some cross-functional collaboration, um, to have innovative sessions, um, innovative uh, breakout sessions, to, to develop new things, to develop new technologies. Um, they had uh, social discussions with, with other colleagues they met in, 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 in the office, but not sitting in a desk, as such and working from that desk. That type of work was already before COVID done at home um, for Bayer. And um, this has also some influence on, on the office layout. No? If you think about the office layout and that was something we Absolutely. even observed in, in, in before the COVID crisis was that um, the bottleneck was not longer more in having enough seats, enough desks for, for, for all of us. The bottleneck was the meeting rooms because uh, people want to meet and uh, people don't, didn't want to sit anymore in a desk. They wanted to, to come to the office for, for meeting, no? for meeting with people, 
Um, and, and that we realized that the bottleneck is more and more on the meeting in the office than rather than having a, a desk. Mm -hmm. And right. that is something, if you think further, with COVID, I think that we are going into definitely that direction. COVID has accelerated all of that. And I'm envisioning in the future that offices will be only meeting rooms, a few desks, but mostly, mostly meeting rooms where people can connect, where people can discuss development with their leaders, where people can exchange, where people can learn from each other, can develop new things but not anymore sitting in a desk. Therefore, coming back to your question, we are adapting mm -hmm. very, very well. We even uh, ask our teams to go home um, almost one week earlier than the government. So the last week, uh, the second week of March, um, most of us were already working from home and it was pretty good, pretty easy for us to work in a more digital environment. Maybe as an anecdote, we, we, we are missing, of course, the social component. Mm -hmm. And uh, as most other companies, most probably what we are doing right now is organizing virtual coffees, uh, virtual beers, even outside of working hours. So that um, we, during these times where we are a little, so missing a little bit the social component, um, we are not losing this. This is a really important uh, point and uh, also, how, how the real estate or the work office environment uh, industry is, uh, is changing so much. So, and something that you said that is very interesting is maybe those meeting rooms will not be only, will not be used for execution issues, uh, but much more for innovation issues. So, uh, kind of activities where it's better to be with each other. So we might want to, to use a whiteboard and go through different ideas, do a brainstorm all together. Uh, and maybe it will be one day instead of uh, just if it is just 90 minutes or uh, 60 minutes or 30 minutes, let's do it uh, online and, and do not have one hour for one side, one hour for another side, just to, just to meet each other. Very, very interesting. And um, we come to... Uh, the last question of the show and uh, one of our favorite, uh, which is if you would have the opportunity to join Bayer or to meet Mark when you joined at Bayer in your first day uh, at Bayer, what advice would you offer to your uh, younger self? That's, um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm typically welcoming. Uh, so we, Last year, we, we hired almost 200 people because we, we, we had a, a nice growth. For this year, we are expecting to hire about 100, 120 um, uh, new colleagues. So we are continuously hiring people. And um, in that sense, um, one of the, uh, of, the, of the things that I'm doing is welcoming all these new colleagues uh, personally until before COVID or <laughs> at least virtually. You know, right That's now amazing. we are also also doing it virtually. And um, what I am telling them is I'm only asking them one question or I'm giving them only one recommendation. It goes back to the, 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 the point that I mentioned before, 
with the priorities. I, I like to make it very, very simple, to focus on the most important aspects and do not give uh, 10 recommendations or do not give 10 uh, yeah, advices to the new colleagues. Just focus on one because it's the important one and, and do, do, do this, this recommendation good and um, this would be very helpful. And um, what I'm telling them is they are really essential for our organization because we need this fresh air. We need this fresh blood. We need people that are continuously asking why. Why are we doing things? So Meyer is a 150 years old company. And um, uh, so we are not the startup, and, but we need to somehow bring this startup mentality into, into, into a, a big, big corporation like Bayer. And therefore, I'm asking all the newcomers, all the new colleagues that are joining, that are young people, telling them, ask continuously why. I do not expect from you the answer. The answer should not come from you. But what I'm expecting is the why, to make the right question, the why. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it that way? Why do we need to do that? Um, why is it like this? Because this question, these questions will allow us to evolve, will allow us to disrupt, will allow us um, to be prepared also for the, for the new future, what is coming. Therefore, my recommendation to the newcomers is always the same. Why? Ask yourself, why? Definitely, it's uh, an amazing recommendation. And uh, from our previous conversations, I can see how much you are uh, committed to your own uh, self-development and, and the self-development of your team and those this kind of mindset that help companies to keep scaling, especially the most successful companies. We, we all know of stories uh, of uh, companies that uh, lose their minds and uh, don't have their egos in place because they are already one of the best of the best in the world. So it's, it's very difficult to keep uh, angry, to keep growing and to keep scaling and going to, to the next stage. And it's all about uh, mindset. So I, I love the way we are closing the show. Mark, thanks so much for making the time to share your career and uh, a part of your experience with, with the audience. And you are always invited to come again to discuss other topics that I know that you can add. Uh, a lot of value to, to, the, to the community. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to you that keeps listening to us and seeing us uh, online, we keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life easier to navigate the COVID-19 crisis and to keep scaling your company. Uh, don't forget to stay loyal to your values, to your mission and to your vision. Uh, these are the most important pillars uh, in the situation that we are living today. So stay healthy and keep scaling.